0: This is a story that was shared with crime junkies and now we're sharing it with you. This is a scary true story that I promise will get you in your feelings. So pour yourselves a glass of wine or whatever you want to drink
1: as we pour ourselves a glass of Sutter Holmes White Zinfandel. So in
0: 2013, A girl named Jez had just moved to Colorado. She lived right outside of Denver, but close enough to where she could still drive downtown and enjoy a night out. Especially being 21, she was young, she was single. Jez was not only single, but she was new. She didn't know anybody. So what does one do? The same thing a lot of people do. Same thing that I even did. You look online, she goes on to Plenty of Fish, this was in 2013, same site that I actually met my husband on. No. Thankfully, it was in 2011. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but before this was before Tinder was big, so there was no swipe left, swipe right. Tinder didn't come out until 2012, so it wasn't hot yet. So she logs on, she sees a good-looking cat on there. His name is Jordan. His picture made him look athletic. He had blue green eyes. He was tan, just very good looking, very handsome. They started messaging back and forth, and it was earlier in the afternoon, so they're just making small talk. He invites her for dinner for a drink, you know. Asks if she wants to meet, and she's on a dating site, so I mean, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, she's gonna go. They exchange numbers, and then they agree on Old Chicago in downtown Denver. Actually, he picks the restaurant, but she agreed to it. It's 30 minutes away, but that's fine. She says she'll meet him. Smartly, she does decide to drive alone, and I think that's one choice she will forever be grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. He picks a public place, so in her mind, she's like, that shows a good sign. There's going to be people there. It's not secluded. But at the same time, she didn't want to put herself in a situation that later she might not feel comfortable in, like, being in the same car as him without knowing him. Right. I would suggest,
1: like, always when you don't know somebody and you're meeting them, drive separately, please. Because you just never know. Even if it's just awkward, you don't want to be sitting in a car with someone.
0: So she gets ready. She heads out. She On the way there, Jordan texts her and says, Hey, I'm running late. I'm stuck in traffic. Why don't you meet me at the bar, order two shots of Fireball, and then we'll get a table when I get there. Sure, okay, you no know, problem. So she gets there. It's a fairly big restaurant. So she just waits at the bar. She sits at the bar. She orders a drink. It's still early, so... She just has a shot sitting there. She didn't want to be, you know, throwing shots back by herself. You know, (laughs) don't want to be that girl. But and normally she doesn't even drink shots. She's not even that type of girl. But she's thinking, one shot, it won't kill me. It might loosen up the nerves a little bit. Help us kind of conversation be easier. Mm -hmm. So she's waiting and waiting. She's staring at the door. While she's waiting, a guy comes and sits next to her. Not exactly next to her. There's a bar stool in between them separating them. But enough to where they can still say, you know, hi, how are you? And they start making small talk. Um, She's thinking, well, maybe he doesn't realize I'm waiting on a date, you know. So she's just being nice and kind of talking back to him. Um Every so often, she gets a text from Jordan saying, I'm sorry, I'm still on my way, you know, just be patient. So now it's been a while, not too long, but long enough. The bartender comes up and says, you know what? Why don't I uh, keep these shots over here for you? I'll put them back in the fridge, keep them kind of cool. You know, might be a few minutes, you know. She's thinking, yeah, probably. So the waitress stops over and checks on her which is notedly odd because waitresses or servers don't usually check on the bar when you're sitting at the right. bar yeah
1: they always have like their own table like section of tables yeah so usually it's just a bartender
0: but uh, she's like no i'm fine i'm just you know kind of waiting on somebody but she did notice she was being super attentive to her by asking and 15 minutes goes by and Jordan texts again saying, I'm so sorry. I just got pulled over, which this doesn't make sense. There was no traffic. It's not rush hour. She didn't see anything out of the ordinary or crazy on her drive here. But at the same time, she's also thinking, I don't know where he lives either. So, you know, okay. So now she's still waiting and she starts to think well shit i'm being stood up yeah like if someone was having a bad day this could really irk somebody and probably you know throw them off but jazz was more like you know what i've only known this guy literally a couple hours i don't even really care like yeah whatever which later in life it turns out she's gay anyway so so it really wasn't a big deal. So she's about to write him off, but then she thinks, you know what? I'll call him first. I'll fill it out. See what's happening here. Maybe he has a logical explanation for what's going on. Right. And she calls and the number isn't working. And by not working, I don't mean sent a voicemail because he's on the other line. I mean, it is saying this phone number is not in service like it is just shut
1: down I would immediately get goosebumps if I was in that situation I'd be like what he was just texting I don't know maybe I wouldn't get goosebumps maybe I would just be like what I was just texting him like that doesn't make any sense there would have
0: been some kind of vibes or flags something something going maybe, off yeah. for sure so she's sitting there like okay how does this not exist like so, I for sure got stood up. She says it out loud. And the guy next to her says, "Hey, let me buy you dinner. We can go get a table." And she's just kind of like, "You know what? I don't think so." This is just kind of like the frosting on the cake for the day. Like, yeah. I'm just over it. Yeah. And uh I'm just going to call it a day and she, you know, she's like, "Well, I did drive 30 minutes here. I'm going to at least eat, but I'm going to do it at the bar. So she stays at the bar. The guy says, you know, can I at least get you a drink? You know, she agrees. He asks, you know, hey, you know, can I move over one seat, you know, so we can talk and just chit-chat, and she agrees to that. So they talk, small talk, nothing important, just sitting at the bar stuff. You yeah. know, Hi, how are you? She's now been there for about 30 minutes and has to use the bath. So, she asks her friend, like, hey, can you watch my stuff? I'll be right back. So, Jez gets into the bathroom, but before she can make it to the stall, the waitress busts in and looks freaked out. And she's like, I have to talk to you. So, Jez tries to make, like, an icebreaker joke. Like, okay, but, uh, you, you know, maybe you should buy me a drink first, you know. <laughs> right. And the waitress did not think it was funny. She blew it off. She's like, no, I'm serious. And Jess is looking at her like, "I do not know you, but whatever you have to say, it looks like it's bad." Like immediate pitfall in the stomach. Yes, and that's exactly what she says. Like yeah. she immediately felt like something's not right. Mm-hmm. So Jess is just like, um, she was like, "I have to talk to you. It's about that guy." So Jess is like, "What do you mean? Uh, he stood me up." Waitress is like no the other one sitting next to you and just uh okay like I just met him like I have no idea who that is but her gut feeling is still kicking in the waitress tells her this is gonna sound crazy and weird but for whatever reason that guy got you here he is the reason you're sitting at the bar. This is why we've been paying so much attention to you. Oh, my God. Jazz looks confused. She's like, I just met him. Like, I don't understand. The waitress tells her the story. Over some time, not sure how long. They said it could have been weeks. It could have even been a month or so. But we've seen the same thing with the same guy play out. Someone comes in. They always sit at the bar. They order two shots of fireball. And they are always meeting someone, a date, a possible roommate, and this guy is always there, always one seat away, and whoever orders the two shots always gets stood up. He always offers to buy them dinner, saying, you know, let's get a table. Most of them do, but it's sketchy, and it's not right. It's off. He never comes back with the same person twice. And it's the same routine every time. The scariest part is that the girl he is with always seems to be more intoxicated than what we actually even serve them. He always pays cash and no name on file. The girl always leaves with him. Oh my
1: gosh. Like when I heard that for the first time. It just is so crazy because it's so realistic that you can picture it happening. And it's so upsetting.
0: Oh, absolutely. And that's the scary part of the story. So the waitress goes on to tell her, like, you are the first one I'm able to talk to. You know, I can't say what he has planned because I don't know. But it just doesn't seem right. Jez has her oh shit moment. She's scared. My purse and my phone is out there. Like, what the frick do I do? I, he's got my ID, my address, you know, he will, my full name. He cannot know I'm on to him. I have to play this out. I have to act fine. I don't care about the money, but I don't want him getting my ID. So, and I, she's like, I'm not leaving this building alone i'm not going out into the parking lot alone she's very smart about how she approaches this situation yes like from the beginning until now but she's still confused on how he's texting her because he's sitting right next to her like is his phone down by the side where she can't see it and why is it off and why not use a real picture and Because he's a good-looking guy, oh my god, he's like trying to hide his identity for some reason. So she heads back to the bar, but her drink has been there alone with him. So screw that. She orders iced tea instead. The guy immediately gets irritated that she orders a new drink. He keeps pressing her for a table, and she keeps saying, no, I'm just going to eat at the bar, He gets more and more annoyed and more irked as time goes on. Now he's trying to get her to go to a different bar down the road. You know, he's like, oh, there's this great bar down the road. They serve these amazing martinis. You know, why don't we go over there? Jez is like, no, I think I'm just going to head home. You know, it's just been kind of a trying day. And he pushes, no, no, you're already out. Come on, let's just go out. Let's have a good time. You don't want to go back home. He tries to pump it up. He tries to, you know, push her to come out, have fun. And she's just thinking, like, catch a clue, bro. Like, I'm not coming with you. Yeah. So now it's dark. He's not giving up. Her panic is starting to sink in. She's like, I cannot leave this bar alone. Jez takes her phone out and acts like she's texting a friend. She waits a few, and then she's like, hey, my friend's going to meet me up here. It's not a total bust after all. Like, you know, you can go if you want. I'm not going to be alone. My friend's coming up here. You're off the hook, you know. But he still pushes, and she, he's like, you know what? That's great. Your friend can come with us. How about we go to that martini place, me and you have a drink, and then your friend can meet us at that bar and come to that table and finally she gets mad enough and she says i am not going with you he gets pissed and he tries again more telling her than asking her at this point jez is thinking like any normal person would act so i have to act how they would act or he's gonna know i know so she acts annoyed and she gets mad and she says i don't know what you're not getting but i'm not going anywhere with you and she just stared at him good for her and then finally he was like fine you know fuck this whatever i'm leaving and he leaves the bar so finally he's gone she can breathe and she has her oh thank god moment and is relieved the bartender and server come over and they're like we want to help but we don't know nothing about him So they all just kind of start talking and, you know, putting the information that they do know kind of all together. They don't know what his plan was, but they know it wasn't going to be good. So Jez is scared of the possibility of him being out in the parking lot. Like, did he know where I parked? How was he out there before I came in? Like, all these things are flowing through her mind. So she decides that I'm just gonna wait here and so she does. That poor girl sits at the bar for four more hours while she waits for this restaurant to close. The bartender walks her to her car. She gets in her car. Luckily she makes it home safe. She never saw that guy again. But when she gets home Jordan's profile has been deleted. It's gone. She called the police. Not 911, but just the police. They thanked her for calling, but they are sorry to say that, unfortunately, he didn't commit a crime. So we can't even make a report about it. There's nothing we can do. So that's kind of, you know, it's a little devastating, but she did at least try to do her part. She never went back to that old Chicago. She doesn't even know the name of the people who saved her. Now, Jez couldn't remember if she ever told Jordan she was new in town or not. But she did say, looking back, that the way he said, go to the bar, order two shots, and, you know, wait for me, it was telling me what to do. Like, he was pushing me in that way. And psychologically, he was telling me what to do. And I listened, and I did it. And she also told crime junkies that she didn't know how the texting happened i immediately thought the same thing that ashley thought was there's two people involved at least this is a team Mm -hmm. um and this is a well-oiled trafficking system it's not the first and even though that one failed for him i guarantee you it wasn't the last yeah Um, it was a plan that if she sat at the table, nobody would be able to hear what they were saying. Nobody would be able to hear what their plans were. You know, he could chat her up. He could probably maybe even, like, the other girls get her out of the restaurant. Right. Jez did everything correctly through this whole night. Like, very smart. She thought on her feet. Like, she's, yeah. So um, driving alone, that was a very good first move, met at a public place, but uh, she was still, you know, a little vulnerable, but she didn't let it take control of the night. Um, She was very lucky that someone was watching over her that night and thank God that server said something and didn't care how weird or awkward or rude she sounded. She saved Jez's life. Oh, for sure. I mean, because you
1: never know how that situation would have played out if she wasn't warned. Because they've seen it many times before. You know, this guy ends up leaving with a bunch of the girls that he does this to. And it's like, they said that they never saw those girls again. So, who knows what his ultimate plan was. And it's just so scary that this happens so often to so many people. And like... People are trusting and they don't think the worst of people, which I think is good, but at the same time, it's so important to be cautious because you truly never know somebody's intentions that you, you know, you could think someone's nice and charming and, oh, I got stood up, so why don't I just hang out with this guy? He seems cute and cool and fun and, you know, but probably doesn't end well you mm, know you put
0: alcohol on top of it yeah. put your guard down you kind
1: especially of... if he's drugging the alcohol because they said that the girls seemed always way more intoxicated than what they were served you have to wonder like was he drugging their drinks just to make them even easier to lure out absolutely the thing that kind of like, one thing that stood out was how she waited four more hours just to leave, which I totally understand because I wouldn't want to walk to my car alone either. But you'd think if, like, the bartender and waitress already kind of had her back and, like, watched her, they would, like, walk her out to her car, like, not not making her sit there for four hours.
0: Yeah, I thought about that, too. But maybe she was just worried that he would have followed her home. Maybe. Yeah, maybe she wanted to wait as maybe- long as
1: possible. That's true.
0: You know, eventually he'd get bored and just, like, like, you know, get mad and leave like, it's not worth it. Like, right. Especially if they do it so often, he knows he'll just get another one. Yeah, exactly.
1: Ugh. Yeah, this, this story is so messed up and so sad because, I mean, just of how often it happens and how many things you hear. But, yeah, I mean, after this initial story became so popular thanks to Crime Junkies... So many other people came out to them with similar scenarios, like pretty much exact things that have happened. And even the bartender from Jez's experience comes forward and the waitress just to discuss, you know, what happened with extra details and like from their perspective. So yeah, people all over the U.S. came forward saying like the exact same thing they heard. Crime junkies heard p- from people in San Diego, Detroit, Nashville, Seattle, some cities in Florida, and just, like, even more across the U.S. And it's wild because those places aren't even, like, right next to each other. So it's, like, this is, like, a Nash- like a nationwide thing going on. But they all included, like, kind of the same detail of the two fireball shots or two shots of some kind of specific drink and waiting for a date. Um, The bartender actually came out from Jez's experience to give more details. Um, His name is Johnny, and he seen the guy talking to Jez so many times before, like doing the exact same thing with Jez that he did to a bunch of other women before too, like exact things word for word playing out the same way. Um, And weirdly enough, all of them ordered two fireball shots. So he says, like, on the bar side, you can see everywhere. And fireball was the new trend at that time. It wasn't, like, how it is now where it's been around for a long time. Um, But he would always be alone, this guy, and end up at a table with a girl who also showed up alone. Usually, they would end up leaving together. um, And, yeah, he, he says that he remembers jez chatting with her at the bar you know just small talk and she mentioned meeting up with someone who's running late and she wanted to order the two fireball shots he says after she said that it seemed like really familiar to him but like he didn't think too too much about it but it immediately clicked once he saw the guy that was sitting at the bar that this happened a number of times before and that's kind of like raised his red flags. So Johnny at this point now feels extremely weird about the situation and he notices the guy keep checking out Jez and he's just getting weird vibes. So he goes to the waitress there and her name is Morgan um, and he just kind of tells her everything that he has noticed and she's noticed this guy before too. So they're kind of discussing it as the time goes by and kind of just keeping an eye on them. But Johnny didn't want to do anything like immediately or drastic to jump to conclusions just in case if he was wrong about the situation. So they just kind of like were looking out for Jez this entire time. But once Jez got up to go to the bathroom, that's when Morgan, she decided now was her chance to go to confront Jez um, to warn her. And Morgan says that she wanted to keep the warning in the bathroom to Jez as discreet as possible. Um, So she ended up going through, I guess, like, a back way into the bathroom because she didn't, like, want this guy to see her. She didn't want any attention drawn to them. Um, But she recalls Jez playing it very cool when she got back to the bar. And Morgan was, like, really impressed because she said she herself was, like, freaking out, you know? Oh. (laughs) And Johnny says Jez was the only person that he and Morgan warned and successfully intercepted the situation. Um, He said that usually the person ordering the fireball shots would often join the stranger and get intoxicated very quickly and then leave with them. Um, And he wasn't, he always noticed it, but he never really put two and two together to like make it seem like a scheme or like anything going on. Um, He says before the Jez situation, he just didn't have any proof um, that anything fishy was going on. So he just wanted to keep his eye on it, but he wasn't sure whether to speak up or not. Um, Morgan, after that situation with Jez, Morgan had never seen the stranger at the bar again. But Johnny, however, says he saw that guy one more time after the Jez incident. He says the interaction was like super weird. I guess the the guy walked in the bar, and like how Johnny said before, from the bar you can see everything. So he and this guy make full on eye contact, like super obvious. And right after that, the guy turns around and leaves the bar like immediately. And Johnny never saw him again after that.
0: It was probably like, oh shit, he knows. Yeah, like, I'm
1: he out. he probably sensed it from like a look on johnny's face because i mean you can only do that so many times at the same place before people start noticing
0: especially being at the bartender and she was the only one that never went to a table she stayed at the bar the whole time so the bartender has seen and heard everything exactly and he even said that you know she was personal even to the bartender she was kind of you know just a little outgoing, like, hey, you know. Right, drawing more attention to the situation, for sure.
1: Um, But yeah, so a bunch of different people who experienced pretty much the same exact situation um, reached out as well. And all of these incidences occurred between 2009 and 2019. Um, So Alex, a woman from Detroit... She says that in 2018, she met a guy on Hinge, and they decided to meet at a bar, and the same thing. He said he was running late, but to order some shots for them, and he kept delaying it, and some other guy sitting at the bar tried to pick her up. Same situation. Thankfully, she did not leave with him. A friend ended up coming and taking her home. Um, Amanda from San Diego in 2009, she met a guy on Plenty of Fish as well. And she agreed to meet him halfway at a bar. Again, guy said he was running late and he said to order two fireball shots. 30 minutes went by. She thought, you know, I'm getting ghosted. Um, she called the number just like Jez did and shocker, it wasn't in service just like that situation. And then another pushy guy came over to her at the bar to try and convince her to join him for dinner. Uh, luckily, she ended up leaving with a group of friends that she saw passing by. It, it's This is just so crazy how many of these that there are. And I'm sure there's so many more. But
0: yeah, they're just the lucky ones.
1: Exactly. In 2019, a woman named Mary in Nashville, she had just moved to the city. And she was chatting with guys on Tinder. Uh, this one specific guy that she was planning on going to meet up with kept giving her excuses on why he was late. He told her to order two tequila shots, so tequila instead of fireball this time, but, you know, same thing. Before she knew it, another guy swooped in and tried to get her to leave with him. She ended up drinking and hanging out with him, um, and she ended up going to leave with him. So she was one of the people that was walking out with him, but as they were walking out of the bar, The bouncer stopped them and he kind of like, not pulled her, but just kind of like tried to like slide her aside and told her to come with him. And the guy that she was trying to leave with, I guess, got like extremely mad and started pulling her arm to go with him. I know. Luckily, the bouncer took charge and got the situation under control and got her alone. And he told her that that guy that she was leaving with, had done the same thing a few times before. Like, this sounds exactly like
0: Jez's story. I thank God for that bouncer. Like, I'm really glad that these workers, they're not there to keep people safe, but they do it anyway, especially to these women. Yeah. It's
1: crazy. I mean, like you said, thank God for people like that, because even though it might be like, You don't want to feel like you're overstepping into somebody's personal situation. You could, yeah, save someone's life. And it's way better to be safe than sorry. Um, Another woman, Kate, from Winter Park, Florida. She doesn't really remember the year that this happened in, but she met a guy on Facebook Messenger. Which, I
0: didn't know you can meet people on Facebook Messenger. Don't you have to be, like, friends with somebody? Um... Not necessarily. I think as long as you have Facebook. Anybody can kind of send messages They or can whatever. send messages to you, like, before you friend request them. Okay. Well, they also
1: planned to meet up, and he told her to wait for him and order two fireball shots. He never showed up. Typical, like, these other stories. And another man ended up trying to pick her up. Uh, Kate said she had dinner and drinks with this man, but when she went to the bathroom... A server warned her to get away from him. Um, you know, the guy was there every week. Apparently, it was the same thing. Always two fireball shots with woman being stood up and him trying to leave with them. So, it's like so weird. Is this, is this the same guy? Like same guy, same guys, whatever? Or is it some weird universal plan that like
0: traffickers or like rapists use to get women? Like. Uh-huh. I can't assume it's the same people just because, I mean, Colorado to be sure it's a San Francisco, that's a lot of traveling. Right. But to me, it does seem like it's like a sex trafficker's guidebook or something. Yeah. Because the fact (laughs) that it's like that same
1: scenario happening all over, and I'm sure, like I said, it's probably happened so many more times to so many more people who obviously don't listen to crime junkies or, like, didn't call in or or even just knowing someone that this has happened to. Um, But, yeah, I don't think it's the same guys either because all the women um, who had reached out described the guys who they met up with and none of them had, like, extremely similar characteristics. So, yeah, I don't think it's the same guys either. But that's even scarier that it's just, like, a weird code that they, like, use to lure women. Um, Crime Junkies also got an FBI victim specialist from Denver to, uh, kind of just touch a little bit more on this topic. Um, so, no FBI cases, though, have anything to do with these specific stories. It's just kind of on, like, the general topic of this. So, this FBI agent mostly works with people who have been rescued from human trafficking, specifically those who have been lured by online tactics. Um, She immediately saw red flags when she was hearing Jez's story, as most of us did, I'm sure. She says a common misconception that people make who have experienced or witnessed these things that involve luring is that they don't report it to anyone. They usually will just delete all their photos and messages of the occurrence just because they feel embarrassed. Um, but it can just be so crucial to just reach out and, like, tell your story, even if you can't immediately, like, press a charge or find somebody, because it can just help identify someone or just even help anybody in that same scenario for the future.
0: Yeah, kind of like Jez, you know, she did try to tell the police. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they didn't really... Not that they didn't take it serious, but they there's nothing they could do. So it kind of stopped. Right. Right there. But yeah, try to find a way to tell the story. Tell your friends. Have a friend tell a friend. Especially if you're women, young women, single. Yeah. Because it's just, it's crazy how many
1: people can be affected by this. Um, there are 56 field offices across the country. Specifically, they have 86 forces that are you know, um, specific to like child exploitation and human trafficking. And it's important to always share this, like we said. So just always report any suspicious activity because you never know what could help. And you just, it's always best to follow your gun instincts. No one's going to like judge you or be mad if you try to like say something happened. You know, people want to like help in any way that they can. And... The FBI agent also said that these types of people try to find any, like, type of specific vulnerabilities to exploit you and work off of that. So, like, for example, Jez being new to town, she needed to meet new friends and new people, so he kind of played off that to, like, lure her. So just always be careful online and in person, because you just never know somebody's intentions. It's always best to keep your guard up
0: tell a friend, tell anybody where you're going, who you're going with, you know, maybe even have like a, a text code. I listened to an episode from a podcast and and might have actually been crime junkies as well. They're our favorite. <laughs> um, but it was just kind of talking about like, it was a real estate episode and whenever they wanted to check in with each other, their code to make sure they were okay was, Hey, did you get the red folder I left on the table? Okay. So it just kind of like a question that you can ask that if anybody's around, it just looks like a normal question. So come up with a code word or a code question. You know, if you don't want it to sound weird if your date sees it. It could just be something as simple as like, Hey, did you drop that book off that I wanted to borrow? Just something like that and Yeah.
1: That's, that's really smart. I think that a lot more people should be doing that. Um, just some sex trafficking facts that we found, just because it's such an important topic, and I feel like it's not talked about enough. Um, so sex trafficking is human, human trafficking for the purpose of sexual exploitation, including Sexual slavery, which is considered a form of modern day slavery. So, human trafficking involves the use of force, fraud, or coercion to obtain some type of labor or commercial sex act. Um, And before we go over like some of the other statistic type facts that we found for this horrible thing that people do, just keep in mind that this crime is wildly underreported and drastically under-researched, and unlike other statistics, you know, these are living, breathing people who have a pulse that are affected by this. So it's it's just an important topic. Um, The average age of entry into the sex trade is 15 years old for females, and it's believed to be younger for males. Yeah, it's, it's just so sad. And it's been reported in all 50 states and internationally around the world. I mean, as scary as it is, it's just, you know, good to keep in mind that it's it's everywhere and people are horrible and they don't, you know, they don't care. They don't take mercy on people or anything. Um, the FBI actually reported 1,392 arrests for trafficking into sexual labor in 2018. Um, But of those, 1,242 were adults engaged in consensual sex work. So the consensual workers are included in all the statistics on human trafficking, which I just, I don't, that needs to be separate, I think, because it's a completely different thing. If someone's consenting to, you know, do that, that's completely different than someone being forced and kidnapped into doing that i don't agree with it being um placed together like that Absolutely. yeah um sadly trafficking victims are often prosecuted for crimes that they were forced to commit um convictions for these crimes prevent survivors from accessing critical social resources when they're attempting to recover from being exploited that that was just so sad to hear that you know they're taken in against their will and forced to do all these things and then they end up being convicted for crimes that they're scared and forced to like do you know it's so wrong and 75 percent of the victims of sexual labor trafficking are actually foreign nationals who risk deportation if they're charged with a crime that they were forced to commit so yeah they kind of feel like they have to or they're gonna be deported but i mean this is a multi-billion dollar criminal industry and it denies freedom to 24.9 million people around the world which is insane yeah. so in 2013 in colorado where this story of you know jez's situation takes place denver alone the commercial sex industry was bringing in an estimated profit of $60 million. And that was like each year, which is just so wild to think about.
0: Yeah, a little
1: bit. Yeah. And in Michigan, um, just bringing that up because we're from Michigan, uh, in 2019, 364 human trafficking cases were reported. And that's just reported because you know there's so many more that aren't even
0: It's just so sad and sick to think about, especially, you know, I'm raising a teenage daughter. She's going to be 13 soon, and it's just, I cannot stress enough to her about predators and being careful. And, you know, she's come along the ride with us a little bit with the Mm -hmm. crime stuff. And, you know, even now she'll get in the car and she'll look at me, Mom, she'll be van the van. No van, no window van. And uh, I just start laughing. I'm like, well, at least she's aware of them now. For sure. No, yeah,
1: it's, I think that's the most important is just to always, like, keep a sense of awareness of your surroundings. Because, like, you know, you go to the grocery store or, like, to a place and you're just not expecting anything to happen. But you just, you never know. Phone calls, sorry. (laughs) But yeah, we just wanted to uh, give a huge, huge shout out to Crime Junkies for, you know, supplying this story and all the other stories and all the information. We felt that this kind of thing is just so, it's just far too important not to share and spread the word to keep everyone cautious and safe.
0: Yes, please speak up, you know, share the story, tell the story, make everybody you know hear it, like... And don't be scared to be rude or mm-hmm. awkward, you know, if you see something that doesn't feel right or look right, you know, maybe try to find a way to just ask that, you know, you okay? You know
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's it's way too important to not speak up if you have a weird feeling just because you don't wanna like step in on
0: anyone's toes. And if you know somebody or if this happened to you or you know someone it happened to, you can email us at horrorwineandcrime.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. You, you know, share your story. We can put it out there and tell people where it happened. Just keep it in the news. Make it hard for these guys to do this. Like, mm-hmm. the more it's talked about and the more it's heard maybe the harder it's going to be for them to do it exactly yeah
1: the more people that are aware of this the more people it will help overall because if nobody knows about it then it's just gonna like you said it's just gonna be easy for them to do this to people
0: and it could be your sister it could be a friend it could be your daughter you never know who it could happen to exactly so but thank you again for sticking with us if you're still listening Yes, thank you guys, and uh, look out for,
1: you know, just everything that we're posting, upcoming episodes, um,
0: and yeah, we just want to keep this thing going. We're having a good time. We'll have a new fresh story for you next week, so please come back, subscribe, like, give us your input, hopefully good, but even if it's bad, we'll take it all. Be gentle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Until next time, stay creepy. Bye.